Put the earphones on. Okay, let me turn mine down a little bit. Okay, so this, this is me talking. Okay, and then now this is me talking. Okay, that's that's a little bit more balanced. <laughs> Sorry, Logan. <laughs> he's 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 gonna be yeah. He'll be able to fix it. Okay, great. All right. Yay. Yay. Hello, and welcome to The Female Endeavor. I'm your host, Rhiannon France. Today, we have an amazing guest, the lovely Tanya Zuck. Uh, Just a quick reminder before we get started to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to join our community by following us on social media. So again, today we are joined by the lovely Tanya Zuck. And a little bit about Tanya. She is an accomplished marketer who has worked for top advertising agencies in both New York and LA. She is impressive. She has worked on major brands across so many verticals, including automotive, entertainment, and CPG. I am very honored to have her as my first guest and to call her my friend. All right. So, um... I know what we were going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Our voices, finding our voices early on in our career. And I mean, for me, I think that it came around my my mid to late 20s when I started figuring out that like I was funny and that I had a sense of humor. And like, I guess I've always known I had a sense of humor, but at work, I had to be so serious. And I felt at work that I had to be more, maybe more manly and more uh, direct and not as like lighthearted, whereas in real life with friends or whatever, I could be more funny and like myself and, and then at work I had to be very serious. And it took me a long time to figure out that like that comfort, being comfortable with my sense of humor at work and maybe not taking like work. It wasn't that I wasn't taking work so seriously. It was like, I felt that if I cracked a joke in a boardroom, it wasn't as like well-received or acceptable or like, oh, there's Rihanna not really taking things seriously. Like Mm -hmm. it's, whereas I felt like if a man was joking, it was like, oh, they're easy to get along with. They're easy breezy. But if I was easygoing or cracking jokes, then I wasn't taking my job seriously. I mean, listen, women... (laughs) It's taken us a very long time to carve out what a woman's role in a corporate or a business environment should be, right? Like there was definitely a time in the 80s and 90s when women entered the corporate workforce more predominantly. They all wore business suits right. that looked like men's suits, mm-hmm. you know, because we try to emulate men and we wanted to be seri- be taken seriously like men do, that we're not just here putting on makeup and lipstick and talking about like whatever, shopping, you know, like we wanted to be taken seriously. Yeah. You know, so I can see how you would or anybody would adjust their personality because you don't want to be seen as, you know, girly. Right. Yeah. Because that's terrible. It's so bad to be a girl. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and so I started bringing in my humor a little bit more into my daily. And maybe that's also because I felt like, you know, my, my title was recognized and I felt accomplished in my, yeah, I had achieved a certain level. So I could be a little more relaxed. I was managing more people and I didn't want to be a super 
you know, stringent, whatever boss I wanted to be balanced. And so I started finding my voice of being more humorous. I also was dating somebody who was helping me be more funny, who helped me be a little bit more confident and relaxed. And now we're married and have a kid together. So it was like really great. It worked out. But, you know, this person was helping me to find myself. I was finding myself and I was able to be myself a bit more. And I was just curious if you felt a similar sense around that same time too about like your our careers and kind of finding humor. Yeah, I think it does take a while. At least it, it was for me. I was also raised in a culture where uh, we're kind of serious people. <laughs> uh, and uh, But we're funny and we know how to like cut loose. It's just uh, professionally, I think we're all like very like, we're known to have like deeper voices and come across really serious. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, I am actually a fairly serious person. <laughs> uh, in general, I, I do cut loose, but I did have to find a way to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I was horrified at being vulnerable in front of people that reported to me because I didn't want to be perceived as not knowing. Right. Um, because, you know, when you're the boss, like you have to know everything, at least that's how I was raised. Like you, you have to like have all the answers, but it's shifted to the point where vulnerability is praised. Right. Right. And to my point earlier, right. Like being wrong is not wrong. It's okay to not have all the answers. It's important to know how to get the answers. It's important to know how to work with people, but it's also okay to show vulnerability by saying, you know what? I'm not an expert at this. I don't know how to do this. Let's find somebody who does and let's have them teach a class on it or come in and do a lunch and learn or present to us or do whatever. You know what I mean? Like, but it took me a while to your point to gain my confidence because A, nobody supported that. Right? Mm-hmm. And B, I had to feel like I had earned my chops and I was already like in the position where I actually had to kind of like let go. And I had a really great boss who she was a people person. Like she was she was a people manager. Mm-hmm. Like she recognized talent. She recognized what worked and what didn't work. Um, uh, I, yeah. I, it, you're very rarely find somebody who's really into like knowing people. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, I worked with another woman who she and I are friends now. Uh, and were then too. She brought her on and we were of the same caliber, mm-hmm. um, slightly different background, right? Like my background is a little bit more digital. Her background is like way more traditional. Uh, but she knows things that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know things she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And instead of being pinned against each other, this particular boss was like, you guys are going to be like the dream team. Like, do it together. And from the beginning, it wasn't like... I was fearful of her taking my job because, you know, that's like such a big thing is like, oh, if I don't live up to your expectations, so-and-so is going to take my job. Like there was never like a fear between us and we actually were able to be friends. And I hope that there are more bosses like that. Yeah. And that the rest of us who are going to become, you know, leaders can nurture that kind of environment too and allow people to grow to really appreciate each other's qualities, strengths and weaknesses and, know be able to work together yeah that's awesome that's really cool and that's great that you had those females to look up to and females to learn from to be able to help very very exactly i've found yeah i've found that to be true also so um the next topic i would like to talk about is 
Finding health and balance. Big topic. Big topic for Tanya. So if you want to share about um, your experience since the pandemic and your health and trying to find balance. Oh, girl. Yeah. So, uh, you know, COVID wasn't bad enough. Like I had to go and find out I had breast cancer uh, in the first half of last year. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. It's not something that I would ever expect at my age of 42, right? Like I'm not in a stage where it's like prevalent. Right. Um, So, but you know what? This is why I think uh, we as women really have to be taking these things seriously, Mm -hmm. right? Like self-exams, all the good stuff, because like you wouldn't have thought that this was going to be... Anyway, so yeah, I felt a lump. I went to see my doctor. My doctor's like, oh, it's nothing. It's probably a cyst. Uh, went, but he heard the tension and the fear in my voice. Um, sent me to, you know, get a mammogram, uh, ultrasound, and they immediately like sent me into a biopsy. And that's when I was like, yeah, that's probably not just a cyst. Mm-hmm. Um, so going through all of that really made me need to stop. Mm-hmm don't know how to stop right I've always been fast and always moving forward but I think I was doing it without any intention um the word intention is actually really weird for me because I actually didn't know the meaning of it forever (laughs) until this happened um you know, like you go to a yoga class or one of those classes and they're like, set your intention for this practice. And I'm like, I don't know, whatever, just whatever. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. And I don't even know how many of us know what it means. Right. Right. But I think that through um, definitely my teens, I was always looking forward to be like in college and an adult. And then when I was like out of college and an adult, I was like, oh, I want to be like a successful you know, businesswoman. And I want to be like, you know, more senior and I want to do all these things. And then when I accomplished those things and I was going to go on to other things and this happened and it stopped me from just kind of like blindly uh, following this path that I set for myself when I was like 17 or 20 and looking at my life and being like, okay, so who am I? And is this the right me or the right version of me that I want the world to see? And, um, and I needed it. I kind of needed a wake-up call. I know it sounds like a little weird and maybe even a little, like, morbid to say that I needed cancer to wake me the fuck up, but I needed to just have time to stop and look at myself. Mm -hmm. Luckily, my cancer, like, I'm saying like a lot. Uh, (laughs) Luckily, my cancer uh, was early stages, Mm -hmm. and I did the double mastectomy, and I went really aggressive with it and the chemo and this and that. So physically, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. But I realized that mentally, I never gave myself grace. Another one of those phrases I've heard a lot lately. Yeah. Because I was never forgiving myself for making mistakes or not being the best or not achieving something or living up to somebody else's expectations of me. And I think now at this stage in my life, I need to have my own expectations for myself and not live up to somebody else's. Yeah. Uh, especially when you can't necessarily make those people happy anyway. Exactly. For whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to really set your own intention for life. Like, yeah. Why are you doing this? And my health 
was on the forefront of me having to reevaluate, you know, me. Yeah. You literally had to stop. Stop. Yeah. Stop. For somebody who's always running. Like, yes. Like I'm a Tasmanian devil. You mm-hmm. know? Even in yoga classes, I always joke with my you know instructors. I have like the racing monkey mind you mm-hmm. know, like, where it's just like you close your eyes and instead of like being in a meditative Zen mode, your brain's like, I need to do this and I didn't do that. And I need to follow up on that. And what if I do this? And when I get out, I have to text this person and check my calendar about this thing. And oh, I forgot to do uh, like your mind is never off. Right. I had to shut off my mind. I let my body heal. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I had a lot of time to reflect. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of us in COVID have had a lot of time to reflect. People got either sick with COVID and had to suffer through it themselves and new loved ones. Um, go to a funeral on Friday for somebody who passed from it. Like, it's just COVID messed with all of us. Yeah. Uh, if directly or indirectly, mm-hmm. right, for being hermited and (laughs) locked in without any social contact I think it's I think we needed it yeah we needed to all just take a beat you know and when COVID actually started I was joking with people and I was like I needed COVID Mm -hmm. to stop running around Mm -hmm. right because it made me healthier I was like staying at home and cooking and I was listening to great podcasts and I had time for all these extra things and I got my Peloton and I was working out during lunch and, you know, like I was doing all these healthy things that I didn't have time to do otherwise. Right. Um, But I was still like running in my hamster wheel doing all those things. Um, And then with cancer, it was more of like, okay, well, you can't even do those things now. So what, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Like if, if life, if this was the end of the life, like this was the end of it for you, like. Who do you want to be remembered as? Wow. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. That's is. a lot. Because I do think like that's part of the reason that this is called the female endeavor. Like we're always endeavoring. We are always striving. We're always pushing ourselves. We're always trying to go for what's next and and going. And, you know, great analogy I heard the other day that I, that I want to use more is like we keep moving the goalpost. Mm-hmm. We keep getting these successes and instead of relishing them and celebrating them we just move it further yeah and we keep wanting to achieve more and so how do we take that time and go wait a minute let me celebrate this and let me acknowledge my success oh never done that right right i mean you know how many times i've been promoted only to just start thinking about like when is my next promotion right like pretty much my entire career right (laughs) right right yeah or even as a kid, like, oh, I graduated, you know, third grade, I'm going to go to fourth grade, oh, I'm going to skip fifth grade, I'm going to go through, straight, like, always moving the goalposts. Yep. But I think that that's part of our culture, too. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily true just for women, it's for all of us. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually part that makes us human. Right. You know, as we all have this great, you know, equalizer, which is life, how we intend to live it, how we want to be perceived, who we want to be out there, that 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 is something that we all have to live with. Yep. Absolutely. I love what you said about intention. And so like what would you say was the new way you defined it for yourself? Like like understanding the definition of it and then have you set one? Um 
No, intention is actually, sorry, and not like no in a no kind of way. I think intention is is more than just setting an intention. Okay. Intention is the intention. That's great. So it's not, it's... um Like yeah. living with intention. Living with intention. Okay. Every decision I make is within, with intention, right? It's with me being like, do I want to do this for you? Do I want to spend my day hanging out with you? Does it fulfill me as much as it fulfills you? Does it make me feel good? Will it bring you good? You know what I mean? Okay. And what are those things that I want to do with my life that I'm going to not prioritize because those are the things that are either benefiting me, benefiting the people around me, mutually lifting people together. Okay. Um, I love that. So living with intention. Yeah. Versus having an intention. Correct. I love that. Yeah, it's not like I intend to do things. It's I am always going to evaluate things because they are going to be meaningful. Cool. Because I think that I spent the better part of my adult years just kind of flowing. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, oh, you do this, then you go here. After you do that, you go there. After you achieve that, it's like, you know, it's like leveling Mm -hmm. up in a game, right? Just kind of like going along with it. And nothing wrong with having fun and just kind of going along with going with the flow. Um, but I think that it just, at some point, you have to create your own flow. Yeah. And I think that a lot of my life was created for someone else and somebody else's image of who I should be, right? Like, as I was mentioning, like, I was created in a way my parents thought that um, ideal life should be. Mm-hmm. So I was living their vision right. of what was meant to be success and I'm reevaluating that and going yeah that's not how I view success I don't necessarily think that making six figures and x y and z and is success I think success comes from happiness and fulfillment and happiness and fulfillment come with making intentional decisions for what you're going to do so it's whether you're going to wake up and you know go to a yoga class and take care of yourself or you're going to you know call that friend that you haven't talked to in a while because you missed that connection or make plans to go see a friend. Like it's more about, I thought about the consequences and or actions before I took them and then decided that, yes, I'm going to do that or no, I'm not going to do that. I love that because I think that we, we were talking about this earlier, but I think that like there has been a great reevaluation, like the pandemic reevaluation. And a lot of us were stuck at home and reevaluating those people that showed up and the people who didn't show up and the people who we were like trying to make ourselves into somebody else because we thought that would make them proud or whatever. Was that really important or not. I for me that was a big part of my pandemic reevaluation on top of being pregnant and having a baby and going through major surgery and having to heal from that. So in a similar way, we both had to stop and it was being in bed having to figure out how to physically get out of bed after surgery. Yeah. <laughs> That's that is hard in any world. And then in a pandemic world with everything else and then having that whole reevaluation is so similar of something that we went through. I think too, 
kind of how you were saying earlier in your career or earlier in your life and kind of living your life, but not really kind of maybe noticing for me, it was, it was like years would go by. I look back at like different years of my life where like Nate and I lived in a condo and we lived there for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell you which year was happened this or that, or this, like I look back and I go, wait, what year was that? Versus now for me, it's different because I have a kid. So I'm noticing months (laughs) and I'm like, whoa, like seeing how fast 16 months goes by is a a timekeeper for me. And so that's kind of a a natural change that's happened versus kind of what you're talking about. I really like that, like making this mental switch to live with intention. I hope you enjoyed our show today. Thank you for joining me. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. Send us your questions and your thoughts for future shows. Thanks for joining me.